Welcome to another episode of the Hat Collecting Talk Show, where we talk about the many different metaphorical hats that people wear in our lives, because no one does just one thing and everyone has a story. I am your host, Lacey Artemis, a creative Jill of all trades, and each episode I interview a different person, but I ask them the same set of questions so we get some interesting different takes on the same ideas. Uh, my guest today is Natty Z, who is a jack of all spades, a freelancer, event coordinator, adventurer, and polyglot wannabe. They've been a software developer, academic researcher, music DJ, and more, uh, right after my own heart. <laughs> uh, Natty does not have a pronoun preference, so any pronouns are fine. Uh, welcome to the show, Natty. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, it's. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and be honest. This is another one of my friends, so this is probably going to be a more uh, relaxed, fun interview. But they're always they're always fun to do. Um, so yeah, the question I now start with on the show is, um, can you tell us uh, where you grew up and uh, a little bit about that place? Sure. I was basically born in Sofia, Bulgaria. Uh, I did not. I wouldn't say I grew up there. I moved to the Toronto area uh, when I was really young, and I grew up mostly in Mississauga and then Markham, uh, which is actually where I'm filming this from currently. <laughs> I like to talk about Bulgaria just because most people don't know much about it at all. Like some people don't even know like what continent it's on sometimes. So people there a lot are, are very correct. Like when you're in a grocery store or something, like you know they're. There's no um, necessity to be like really nice to the customer. Like if a worker is having a bad day, they'll kind of like, you know, complain to the customer and then the customer will like complain back and it's kind of like, you know, fun back and forth. Yeah, it's a bit more like real, a bit more direct, I would say. But, you know, at the same time, if a worker wants to uh, take their anger out on someone, it's like also, I guess that's the, the downside to that. <laughs> I mean, overall, there are like a lot of amazing things about Bulgaria as well. The best yogurt in the world comes from there because <laughs> there's a very specific bacteria that's only found there that uh, is actually found in, in Balkan yogurt. Yeah, it's very, very unique taste. It has amazing food overall. Yeah, like I said, the, the people are great too because they're very open and very real and honest. They're also like open about having a good time as well. <laughs> yeah, and just, yeah, while we're on the subject, uh, rather than kind of circling back to it later, because I know that you're currently, you're currently in Canada, but you have been living in the Czech Republic. Um, based on your experience there thus far, um, what would you say maybe are like, is like some, like a true stereotype or a false stereotype about that? place this one's a bit easier to answer actually because they also have this they also have a like a similar bad reputation with the customer service side of things but um i guess the stereotype there is that they're that they're kind of cold and they aren't very helpful but the true part i would say is that is just that they don't feel obligated to be exceptionally nice they, they're just doing their jobs they don't fake any uh pleasantries and stuff like that <clears throat> i don't think actually czech people are are necessarily cold people. I think they they just take a little time to warm up to you. I've heard similar things about like uh, apparently the Scandinavian countries are pretty similar. They're very like you know friendly people, but they kind of they seem a little bit more flat from the beginning because we're used to in, in North America people tend to be more like boisterous, I guess. Mm. Um, but yeah. Um, so I'm going to do our our land acknowledgement now. Uh, we're both. Uh, you spent most uh, a lot of time and some of your formative years in in, uh, in Ontario, 
and uh, I've lived here my whole life. Um, so Toronto or Takaranto is located on the traditional unceded territory of the Mississaugas of the New Credit First Nations, the Huron-Wendat, Haudenosaunee Confederacy, the, and the Anishinaabe. It is a dish with one spoon treaty territory, and uh, we are uninvited visitors on this land. Yeah, I th thank you for, for acknowledging that. And, you know, I, I completely echo those sentiments. Yeah, it's something that uh, wasn't in the show at the very beginning, but as the show kind of evolved and I figured out what I wanted to be here and, and not be here, um, like adding the Black Lives Matter button to the to the interface permanently, because that's another thing that I this show officially stands behind. So that's another thing I wanted to add because it is something that I think is very important and I want to help raise awareness of it. Uh, and if anyone's not as familiar with uh, land acknowledgements and kind of where they come from, if you go back and watch or listen to episode six with Jade Pichette, um, they did a very good job explaining the origin of it and uh, why we do it, which was very informative. So uh, with that said, we're going to roll into the regular series of questioning. I mentioned in the introduction a few of the things that, well, a few, several things that you do or have done. Do you want to, like, I guess we can pick, like, a couple of them and uh, kind of tell me, or tell, I guess, the audience, rather, uh, how you got into them? Mm -hmm. I guess, like, I was curious to actually ask a little bit about the, the like, the DJing stuff uh, as one example, because that's one of the things that is kind of on my, like, master list of, like, oh, I'd really like to talk to someone who does this and, and learn mm -hmm. a bit more about it. Um, and I guess that also ties into the, like, event coordination, because I, I know a little bit of that that you've done as well. Um, and then I guess I'll let you pick the other thing that you want to talk about. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, I was very excited to talk about the event aspect. So I, yeah, I'll, I'll kind of put in the DJing uh, in with that. So basically, it's kind of interesting because I was never growing up, like I was never a person that necessarily liked big parties and stuff like that. Or I, I'm more on the introverted side. So I it's funny that I ended up being so passionate about, about event uh, planning and stuff like that. But I guess the idea behind it is that whenever I see sort of like a gap in the in the world, like, you know, a, some sort of event that I would want to attend, but there's just not enough of those kind of events, maybe none. <laughs> um, I, I definitely jump in there and I just make it happen, you know. And I think, you know, or, or if there's some sort of interest of mine that I want to share with others, like whether that's music or, you know, a particular topic or a particular atmosphere or something like that. Uh, I definitely make it happen and I try to share it with, with others. So yeah, that's the idea. It's, it's whenever I, I see something that I want people to experience more of <laughs> um, and I want to share with the world, then I just make it happen. So it's very similar with DJing. Like I have a, uh, a deep love for music and there's just certain genres that people may have not heard of at all or a certain atmosphere that I want to create with the um, decorations and the, the lighting and and the sound all together and it's like maybe somebody has never experienced that in their life and I just want them to 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 hear those sounds that music and those vibes and maybe they'll like it too and you know if not that's cool as well <laughs> I don't know I just like to share my my passions about certain things you know if the event is not a dj event which most of mine are not um if it's maybe a discussion circle or something like that you know I, I want people to discuss these kind of topics that maybe they don't have any space to discuss in in their in their lives so 
Yeah, yeah I can definitely relate to that. Uh, the show pretty much exists for a very similar reason. Like they say, you know, if, if you know, create the art or create the thing that you wish there was more of in the world that you want to be able to enjoy. And I, I make this show and it's like, this is exactly, if I didn't make this show and I found it would exist, I'd be like, oh my God, that is the greatest thing ever. I'm so glad someone thought of that. So I'm like, I get to be the one that thought of that kind of. Um, yeah. But yeah, there was so, uh, is there one of your other things that you wanted to just talk briefly about how you got into it? Um, so basically I ended up uh, earlier this year in, in January uh, before the, well, before the, the big lockdown, I got into something quite unusual, which is teaching English uh, in schools, but through theater. That kind of brings me around full circle almost to my to my high school experience, where I was like a bit um, involved in the theater, uh, the, the theater group there. And, you know, I've always like wanted to be more into acting and into maybe like production and stuff like that. But I never, you know, with all my other interests, I never got like super uh, invo involved in that. So, you know, instead throughout my whole um, undergrad and part of my uh, post-grad, I worked at a theater as a as an usher, as a box office person <laughs> and as like a concession stand person. Like I was always like involved somehow with the theater, but usually not on, on the stage itself. Coming back around full circle, now I get, well, I got to, before the pandemic, <laughs> I got to do a bit of acting myself. Yeah, it's it's really kind of funny the way that sometimes these things happen for us. And again, that is another reason why I'm glad that I made this show, because it's not just, like, as much as I would, like, because I used to do a podcast where I actually interviewed people specifically, like, hey, let's talk for an hour about the thing that you do and like, your expertise in it. And now it's like, that's just kind of a piece of it. And then the rest of it is all the other factors that kind of play in. But these interesting little how certain things happen for us. And like those stories are really cool. And so I, I love that I get to share those on the show here. Um, so the other thing I was, uh, the other part of this question, uh, kind of similar to the first question, mm -hmm. um, would you say that there is a, like a biggest misconception about like event planning slash DJing? Uh, we'll focus on that one, I guess. Um, Curveball number one, <laughs> that this is where I was gonna talk about science. <laughs> Here's an easy one. I have zero formal training on this, like none whatsoever. You know, my whole education was in science and math and computer science. So basically, I guess the misconception might be that, you know, you need a lot of formal training or educational background in the in, in this. But really, you, you don't. You just you can you can start as like, you know, on a purely volunteer basis, you can start doing things and then, you know, build your resume from there and then you can maybe apply apply for part-time sort of event related things or you can always get get into it um with little to no experience i would say and and eventually you know you'll have the that that resume built up and then you can actually score a, a sweet gig maybe i don't know <laughs> i like i said my um well i didn't say but with my acting thing i'm i also do the well i was doing the the tour booking as well so that was that's that was where the event uh, coordinating came in um and yeah i scored that purely on the basis of just saying well yeah i have some experience in, in the you know with booking venues and events and stuff and <laughs> i was trusted <laughs> Yeah, no, again, it's uh, like I have actually organized a couple of small events myself in the past. And I was just thinking you just kind of reminded me of that. I was saying literally like I just 
contacted a venue and said like, what, when is a room free or is there a room free on this day? And, uh, and then just kind of brought the supplies and you just create like an event and send out invites. And it's, it's actually very easy. The hard part is to kind of keep doing it and have it build up and become like an established thing. I think that mm. in my experience, that was the real challenge of it. And I, I tried it. I was like, it was kind of fun. I was kind of glad I did it, but I realized this isn't what I want to like do ongoing. But for some people like you, uh, that is something that you enjoy doing ongoing. So um, again, that's a part of this, this show too, is talking about like learning what really is your thing and how you figure that out. So um, you said you wanted to talk about something about science specifically. I just wanted to throw in as well with aiming to get into with, with undergrad and stuff. I, w I wanted to be an academic researcher and like I was for a while, I did a master's and, and stuff, but um, the other thing I didn't realize about that is that it's, it really is like something you have to be completely passionate about. It's because it's, it's difficult, it's underpaid, it's completely, uh, it's over super competitive and you have to be willing to make more sacrifices and just be like really in it for the, for the love of the field and well I'm, I'm specifically talking about the research aspect of the um more physical sciences aspect of it um you know it's completely different in the health sciences i imagine but <laughs> it's definitely something you have to be passionate about and patient with because you probably will not be doing well financially until like, later on in, in life i would say but um on the flip side uh you know with software development and stuff it's like almost the opposite like you, I mean, you still obviously have to be very passionate about it, but it's definitely like easier to just get into and just be earning a stable income from earlier on. So I just wanted to give people heads up on that. Yeah. It, the, one thing you said there just caught my attention. You were saying like uh, academic research is something that you can't make real money off of for a while. And my brain just immediately went to like art. Because <laughs> that's yeah. been my experience. So it's just like, oh, it's funny how like, you know, that's another another example of something like you, you have to be really passionate to stick to it, to actually make it into a sustainable career. So interesting, uh, at least to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I always found the parallels. Um, between that but you know the the misconception is that you know science is like it's just like tech you know it's prestigious and therefore it's well paid right uh well not necessarily you know unless you're a ten tenured uh professor or whatever so with all of that said uh do you remember when you were a kid what you wanted to do or be when you grew up the funny thing about that uh when i was asked that question in grade two i still remember this we everyone had to draw a picture of what they wanted to be I drew myself as a cashier at a grocery store. Looking back, that makes perfect sense. You know, like I've worked many, many jobs and my one of my favorite types of jobs is just like working with cash, doing quick mental math and checking out numbers and balancing at the end, you know, like I love it. So um, it's kind of funny that I drew that so early on. That said, later on uh, in high school, I took my first programming class and then I was like, that's it. I'm sold. This is amazing. This is fun. I'm going to be, you know, a programmer when I grow up. I'm going to work in an office, going to have a cubicle. You know, that was like, that was my goal back then. Of course, things changed again. And I went to university and it, like I was taking programming, but I was also taking science courses. And then I, at that point, I was like, oh, wow, science is really cool. I'm going to be a researcher. <laughs> so over the years, my what I, what I want to be when I grow up has kind of changed. And it, it keeps changing, I would say. Um, I wanted to be in, in geo, uh, like geology, then I wanted to be in uh, chemistry, then I wanted to be in like 
more physics-y stuff. And then I wanted to be into neuroscience. So, you know. <laughs> yeah, again, that's that's kind of the, like, unofficial, like, core of this show really is, like, because my initial plan was to only interview other generalists or other people like you and I who've done so many different things. But I realized that might get kind of challenging because a lot more people do have like a main thing. But it's just really interesting to me how often people like had a clear idea when they were very young of like, I think I want to do this. And then like, how often does that actually end up panning out? So that's why I like to ask that and just kind of see where people end up. And you and I have had very similar, like, curious winding paths. And, like, it's like every week there's something, like, oh, that's really interesting. I want to try that. And, I mean, that's great. Like, we need people like that in the world, even if we, you know, don't get as much, like, uh, you know, media time as the as the specialists do. Um, but, yeah, there's this, this cultural narrative that I love to harp on about, you know, we're supposed to have everything figured out by the age of 30. And that's, you know, that's not really the case most times. So, um the question, the way I'm framing this question now is at what age do you think that you, or do you feel that you kind of was like, okay, I think I'm on the right path or the right path for me now. I'm on the path I want to be and I want to keep going forward on this path. What age were you at? If you, if that's happened yet and if you remember. (laughs) Well, uh, I'll say that I'm a little bit past that 30 mark and I still haven't really gotten to that point, (laughs) but um, that's not to say that I haven't like thought I was at that point before um i've been through a, a, a few times where i you know i really felt like yeah i'm on the right path gotta just keep doing this and you know maybe a few years later i realized oh shit, maybe maybe i should do something else but anyway the, the most intensely that i felt that was somewhere halfway through my undergrad when i was you know deep into the the more specialized courses and and had you know done a couple of of work terms uh, i was I was in the co-op program, so I had, you know, work terms and then school terms between those. So, you know, I, I was I had done a couple of those and I, I was taking courses I liked. And so I really felt like, yeah, I, I like studying. I like academics. So I'll, I'll just be a researcher. But, you know, the thing with that that I didn't realize for some reason at the time is that, you know, being in school is very different than actually being a scientist. <laughs> Completely different. So, you know, when I went to grad school where it was like a little bit more like being being a, an actual researcher, then I realized, okay, maybe this is like too intense for me. <laughs> you know? I don't know, I've definitely felt that before, but then that would change my mind. So currently I'm, I'm really happy with where I've been in the last few years, which is just not, not sticking to one particular thing, being more of like a freelancer, um, taking, you know, applying to opportunities or taking tasks that um, might be interesting to me and seeing where that goes. And then, you know, you can always bail. I, I, that's, I love that. (laughs) I feel like an unofficial, there's probably going to be a bunch of these over time, but like an unofficial slogan for this show is be like, there's no wrong answer. There's no wrong path. (laughs) Cause I think, again, I'm trying to combat these ideas that there's a right way to do things. There's a right path. There's a a way things should go. And just like, I just want to hear how things have gone for people so that more people, know that like oh they're not so different or they're not so like uh alone in kind of their experience and um so i i really appreciate like having someone like you is kind of like myself and then i have other people that are a little bit more kind of on the normal path i guess but what would you say is one of the biggest obstacles for you to kind of getting to this point where you feel like okay i've i'm on sort of i know what i want i know how i want to run things here <laughs> yeah i would 
say th this society isn't really built for people with uh, multiple interests, um, I, you know, as you, as you said. So um, one of the obstacles has just been uh, like focusing on trying to focus on one one thing. And I, I've always found that if I do that for some time, if I, you know, do like a, a full eight hour workday in a particular area for, for some time, I always burn out like you know, I, I always feel like the rest of my life is being neglected. So one one thing that I came to realize is that if possible, I for in terms of like paid work, uh, I prefer part time. So if possible, I'll, I'll always ask for that or like apply to those positions. And then on my free time, I'll, I'll focus on my other interests. And I find, you know, I'm willing to take the pay cut that, that comes with. And that's what works for me. So uh, I know that you did mention earlier in one of your answers that you are, or I guess you consider yourself more introverted. I know introversion and shyness aren't the same thing, but out of curiosity, do you consider yourself a shy person at all? Well, I actually answered uh, yes and no <laughs> to that question because, you know, initially, absolutely. I'm, you know, I've always been shy and uh, I like to such the extent to such an extent that like I actually hate meeting people one-on-one -on -one. like it's my it's it's just not my thing but w once that kind of initial shyness like passes or you know I, I start to get to know people better or I'm in like for some reason being in a group helps this part is key and and if I feel like you know safe and accepted and in good company and and not judged and all that kind of stuff then I kind of become the opposite like I become a bit oversharing <laughs> I'm very like direct. I'm very kind of no filter. This also happens actually when I get angry. So if if something happens to me, like I don't get like proper service or whatever, at, um, you know, I have no trouble like going up to, to the people or sending an email being very direct. <laughs> so in that sense, like I'm not I'm not shy. It's only like in the initial meeting of people, I would say. Yeah, no, that's, again, no wrong answers. And again, I want to to feature different experiences of different people. So um, that that is, I'm glad that I'm, I'm featuring that because I think that's probably a less common uh, experience for people. But uh, that is your experience and that's, that's totally valid and great. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> yeah, and speaking of these, again, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at different uh, like cultural narratives or these different accepted ideas of how things are supposed to be or how we're supposed to behave. And so another question here is we're not supposed as adults, as grownups, we're not supposed to like goof around too much unless we're like, you know, playing with kids or something. But playfulness is is an integral part of the human experience. And so I want I'm curious, what is the last silly or playful thing that you did on purpose? I feel like I do silly things every day. So I, I figured my answer would be different on the day. <laughs> That I actually record. Uh, I kind of like to throw my silliness around, uh, you know, left and right, even online. So, uh, you know, right now I'm I'm playing this online mafia game, which, uh, you know, I, I would say I'm I'm acting a little bit silly on. But yeah, I, I can't really point to very specific things just because it's kind of everywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, like, with this question, I think the more interesting answers are probably going to come from the people who maybe aren't as, like, out of their way normally silly already. Um, like, people have to think, hmm, let me actually think about that. Uh, although I do send the questions to all the guests beforehand so that they have a chance to prepare if they want to. But, mm -hmm. yeah, I've known a few people who have, have said that, that they're already silly people. And so trying to, like, remember the 
actual last thing that they did is is a little bit more tricky. Um, but it's just, again, trying to promote this idea of like, you know, being silly doesn't have to mean like putting on like a clown costume or, or it can be anything. It could be wearing mismatched socks. If that makes you feel silly and playful, then that's, that's totally fine. <laughs> well, I'm wearing them right now. So there you go. <laughs> yeah. So again, just trying to emphasize there's no wrong answers and whatever, whatever you do, that that's fine. I'm just, again, it's like, what, what do you, that's what I want to know. I want to hear the stories. So and the next question here, um, what was the last new thing that you learned or tried? And what is something else new that you would still like to learn or try? So the last thing I wrote there was that I had just realized um, potentially why my hair was graying faster this year. <laughs> I had noticed this year that my hair was graying like a lot faster. Or actually, I got my first gray hairs like, you know, less than a year ago. And I was wondering, like, what the hell's going on? Um and I couldn't figure it out. And then just recently I figured out maybe what was going on. So I was taking, so I started taking zinc every day, roughly a year ago. And, you know, for, for immune system, for, for um, energy and for my skin, um, because I have a lot of acne. So it was helping with that, but it turns out if you take too much zinc, you can actually deplete other um, metals such as copper. Um, and, you know, copper is one of the ones that prevents your hair from going gray. So I figured maybe that was the, the, the cause. So maybe just a bit of a mineral imbalance. <laughs> could be, could be, could be something else could just be a uh, pandemic stress, but, <laughs> but yeah, so that was like something I recently randomly discovered <laughs> for new things and, and new skills. Um, I really want to get more into vocal, like vocals, because I like saying randomly, like for, for fun. And, but I have zero kind of training. Like I used to be in a lot of choirs in school and stuff, but um, I don't have any like specific like vocal training for, for yeah, singing and stuff. So I wanted to get more into that maybe with YouTube and that is something that I have a little bit of experience with, uh, as you you might guess. Um, the the regular watchers and listeners might notice that my voice can kind of fluctuate uh, through episodes or from one to the other. Um, yeah, it's 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 hard to kind of maintain when when you're not speaking in your actual natural voice. It's hard to kind of maintain it on, on a, a longer term basis. So um, that's something that I also need to practice more still. But um, yeah, thank you for that answer. So this next one might be a little bit more tricky. I'm sure you have some notes for this. I'm very curious to hear what they're going to be. Right. Um, what would you say are your two most dissimilar hats? And of course, hats referring to skills or interests. Word for word, I wrote, God, so many of them. <laughs> but here's what, you know, my actual thoughts are on that. Yeah, basically, I feel like on the surface, some very extremely polar opposite interests almost. I'll get into that but you know to me in my mind they all kind of blend together uh I feel like I wouldn't feel complete without having these opposites like I'm a person very much of opposites again with with the introversion versus being very authentic and open thing with um to me they don't feel like they're that you know opposite or different to me everything's connected and I need all the aspects but you know from a surface standpoint I would say the two that are um most different from like an external perspective would be the fact that I'm both very into, you know, hard sciences, like evidence-based science, um, you know, na natural, like naturalistic views of the world. And at the same time, I'm very into like spirituality and, you know, uh, Eastern philosophy specifically, like yoga and, you know, I dabbled in, in 
Buddhism and stuff like that as well. I'm into kind of, you know, enjoying the, the magical aspects of, of life as well. So. Yeah, no, and that's that's a, a unique answer, actually, to this question. And I really like that. So, and yeah, I remember how you uh, used to have a, uh, like a picture, I think, on your profile, something like Never Lose Wonder or something like that. And that always stuck with me after I saw it. And again, it's just one of those things that kind of comes back to the playful silliness of just like, not like not letting life and not letting capitalism kind of beat the like the spark out of you and just like keep your passion keep your curiosity and just keep being like a like a fun authentic person and of course not everyone has to be like you know goofy and silly and and playful um whatever is your authentic uh, energy or whatever but uh, again that's why i'm getting different perspectives on these questions here on the show um, so thank you very much for that. I really appreciate that unique answer. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, yeah. Um, so what, uh, again, I have a little bit of insight on this already, but uh, in your own words, um, what is your schedule like? And what would you say if there is, uh, what was your peak time of day? Basically, I would be yeah, like the classic night owl. <laughs> Although I, I tend to have a, a more of a consistent schedule than than a lot of people like you know, if I sleep, at, I kind of sleep around the same time every day, you know, depending on the situation, like what I'm working in, you know, the pandemic, all the other stuff, it, you know, it depends what time that is, but it's usually between one and 3 a.m., uh, which is where I go to bed. Sorry, that's not my peak time. That is when I go to sleep. <laughs> and then um, my peak times, I would say there's actually multiple ones in terms of like, very like, mentally involved work or like very like yeah mentally demanding tasks I would say it's like more um in the afternoon and then I get like more of a burst of physical energy near near the evening so I do my like exercise and yoga in the evening actually and then I do errands and stuff like that around that time as well and then in the night uh so like after 10 p.m uh, I get like the creative energy. So then, you know, like the other energies have been sort of dissipated and now I, I just have this like creativity. And so, and you know, that goes on till after midnight. <laughs> so yeah, that would be my peak time in terms of maybe like creative writing or just meditating or yeah. So three, it's kind of three different times, but they're all, yeah, like afternoon, evening sort of thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's another interesting answer, even though like I already know you, I, I guess it, I haven't heard you put it in that context before. And so as you were explaining that, I was like, oh, that's really interesting. And I was trying to think to my own life, and my own experience, if I have a similar thing. And so thanks for giving me something to think about. <laughs> the next question here in our series, the pandemic obviously has disrupted everyone's life in, in some ways, some more than others. What is a silver lining or a positive outcome that has resulted in your life specifically because of the disruption from the pandemic? Basically for me, uh, I, I would say I, I've been in a very fortunate <laughs> pandemic situation. At the time of the, the initial lockdown, I was working in that theater teaching thing. And so basically like all my hours vanished and I had like all the free time in the world. And for me, um, so, Keep in mind, I was in Czech Republic, so things there were like very different than here, I would say. So um, initially, the lockdown was was very quick and very strict, um, and then it lasted about two months, and then it completely reopened. Like, you know, there was no, I mean, there was some gradual stages, obviously, but it kind of like 
really fully reopened after that. So I had a pretty normal summer, but I'm a bit all over the place normally. And even if I have a lot of free time, I kind of like use it on like internet stuff or, or like going outside, hanging out with friends, whatever. But during the pandemic, I had more time to actually uh, focus on some things that I, I would say are not that, that are not hobbies, but they're still like useful things. <laughs> so for example, I was like doing cooking, which I don't usually do. And I was um, doing more reading, which I don't usually do. And I, I actually picked up um, ukulele. I was learning ukulele <laughs> um, and stuff like that. So, you know, it's, uh, it was a good, t- it was a good opportunity for me to actually slow down and do things that I like pretty much never make time for normally. <laughs> yeah, I've been very fortunate in my situation as well. So I, and I understand. And so the next question in our series here, have you dealt with any disabilities or mental health struggles in your life and how have you worked through them? So basically um, I have dealt with uh, a lot of stuff, <laughs> but I would say, yeah, my main things, um, I have several anxiety disorders and as well um, some executive dysfunction things. Um, I like to I like to name it like that because I don't like saying, you know, necessarily ADHD or or like something more specific because I find just saying, you know, neurodiverse is like more accurate um, for me, you know, less prone to stereotypes and stuff like that. I have uh, also dealt with like, you know, major depression and, and chronic depression, but it's, it's less of, it's more of like an episodic thing. It's, it's less of a like constant thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Again, as much or as little as you're comfortable uh, discussing. And I guess, uh, how, how have you like worked through these, uh, these struggles mainly, mm-hmm. whatever you're willing to talk about? Oh no, I, I absolutely love talking about it <laughs> because it's like, um, I, I actually have, um, in, in, in grad school, I was an advocate for mental health, and I actually went to um, an inter not international a national conference on the on the topic, and I'm like super passionate about um, discussing these things. So basically, um, I always encourage people to to try to fight the stigma and especially like self stigma about it to to like try to get help in whatever way um, is accessible to them, and at least for me, this applies to like swallow their pride, you know if that's what it's about or trust that maybe uh, there are help out there and treatment out there. So yeah, for me personally, I have tried a bunch of things and they, they've all like helped me in my, I call it like my toolbox or my arsenal of, uh, <laughs> of um, coping mechanisms or strategies, so to speak. You know, I can just list them off and I'm not saying um, they're all equally helpful or that like um, you need to do all of them, but <laughs> for example, so I've, I, I've tried medication. I've tried like as needed medication, which is like what works for me more so than daily. And then I've tried like various types of therapy. I've done one-on-one. I've done group therapy at school. Um, I've done, so for me, like specific, like CBT and, and like very specific psychotherapy worked better than just talk counseling kind of thing. And then, um, then on the completely other side of it, um, you know, exercise, yoga, eating right, sleeping right, you know, like all these things, they actually do make a difference for me and maybe for others. It's yeah. okay. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. I just, I just wanted to have you just, I guess, 
talk a little bit about like the the kind of the hows which you did so mm-hmm. um and yeah there's a lot of different tools and and kind of uh, options as you said and, and different things work for different people so but yeah i just want uh, again i i'm also passionate about like raising awareness of things and kind of breaking stigmas and just kind of helping people uh like sort of my unofficial motto is learn connect inspire and so um, I'm trying to help people learn through this show. I'm trying to connect people to other people who've been on the show and, uh, you know, bringing information that uh, can maybe benefit their life in some way. As, as I'm sure you're, you're well aware, um, failure isn't always a bad thing because sometimes we can learn very uh, important, valuable lessons from failing at things. And so with that in mind, uh, what is something in your life that you have failed at that you're glad that you failed at? And what did you learn from it? I, what I wrote for my, my failure, um, I would say the biggest one would be career-wise. Um, you know, I wanted to be a scientist. I wanted to do research. And when I realized, when I got to grad school, I realized like what it's actually like, you know, it's like the applying for grants, the countless hours of, of like reading papers and maybe getting nowhere, you know, all, all the other stuff involved and, and how competitive it really was. I basically decided I would kind of give that a, a break. So in a sense, like I felt like I'd failed, you know, I almost, I, I did try to drop out of school, but luckily my um, academic advisor wasn't going to let that happen right away. Like she was like, is there anything you can do? Like, and she helped me out with like, uh, getting some accommodations and whatnot. So I, yeah, I appreciate that. The failure part was the fact that I didn't continue on with it, I guess. With that, I got to actually explore so much more, um, so many other aspects of life. You know, when I was in school, I was kind of very, uh, I wouldn't say I was, I was not um, single-minded at all. Like I was still doing all these other things like event planning and all that. But I would say I was kind of, I was kind of compartmentalized mentalizing things and like okay this is my career and these are my interests and like I couldn't kind of see outside that box so then once I kind of broke free from that I realized like I could just do whatever the f I want I was just like holy you know I can do like literally anything I want and some of it could make money and some of it might not make money and it kind of opened up the door to a lot of things so I got to explore you know like other career paths like software development so much opportunity kind of opened up to me from that academic failure <laughs> yeah uh, definitely like I said long winding paths it's more common than people realize and so that's why I'm trying to bring more awareness to that on the show here the next question here in our series with relationships obviously the the close relationships in our life uh, can can have a very big impact if the people are supportive or not supportive uh, if they're helping us kind of find resources or helping us figure ourselves out or if they're just like it's your problem. So I'm curious in your particular case, uh, how have the close relationships in your life been with you in regards to your goals or your path or things like that? Um, I'm really grateful for, for my close relationships and I, I find them, you know, very supportive in that regard, depending on the people. So, you know, my, my close friends and more intimate relationships, they fully support me in whatever I do. And, and then there's like, on the flip side, my, my parents, they also support me, but in a different way, they always promoted what their interests were, which is, you know, they're, they're both engineers. They always promoted that, but at the same time, let me choose my own path. And so and now I'm finding if I ever run into like financial troubles or something like that, I know that I could come back here, like to their place and to 
to stay with them and like no questions asked, you know, so I, I know that, that I have that safety net. They'll support me in kind of whatever I choose to do, even if they, you know, like they might secretly be hoping I'd become an engineer again, but you know, who knows? Maybe. This next question, I'm, I'm sure you have some notes and I'm, I'm sure they'll be helpful. Um, so I kind of realized recently that you don't have to necessarily be older than someone to give them advice. We can give advice to anyone of any age if we have more experience in a particular thing. So um, in, in kind of in general, uh, what advice would you give to a teenager? What advice would you give to a 30, 30 year old? And what advice would you give to like a grandparent? Um, yeah, I do have a couple of notes here on that. For a teenager, I wrote that, you know, in this in this day and age now, back in our parents' generation or, you know, back in, yeah, several generations back, um, it was very much like you, you picked a thing, you know, you might even have the same job your whole life. Um, but now it's, it's not like that at all. So what I would um, tell teenagers now is to sort of keep an open mind, maybe, uh, you know, study, study something that you're really interested in, but um, keep an open mind to the fact that that might not be what you end up working in. And that's okay. Um, and it's, you know, it's never too late. And you can always switch things later on, um, but just keep an open mind that the world right now is kind of different than it used to be in the in the last century, and just be open to to new experiences and like rapidly changing areas of work and study. And then for the people my age, yeah, especially like hammering this point of like it's never too late, early thirties, even late thirties, heck, any time is not too late to completely start over, so to speak. You know, you could always go back to school. You could always take online courses. You could always even self-teach if that's your thing. So yeah, it's never too late to completely start over. So that's what I would say to people my age. And then for people much older, yeah, maybe a grandparent, I definitely want to emphasize, you know, they say one of the biggest uh, regrets of people like when they when they're dying is like they didn't do everything they wanted to do or they didn't spend enough time with someone or you know there's always regrets so I, I'm gonna like emphasize if you're getting older you know you still might have time you might have 20 years ahead of you so if you feel like it's if you feel like there's something that you haven't done in your life that like you really want to do like travel the world or spend time with um, your grandkids or I don't know, whatever that is, like definitely do it. Yeah. I, I don't have too much to add there. Again, I try to just let the, the guests kind of give their answer and uh, I might have an anecdote to add, but uh, usually with this one, you know, just want to let your, your words kind of stand on their own. The next question here is I'm giving the guests now the chance to ask me a question and put me on the spot. And I don't usually know in advance what it's going to be. So um, I'm about to potentially get a surprise. <laughs> And you did sort of answer this earlier, but yeah, what was your motivation for having this podcast in particular? How do you choose the the speakers and what do you hope the listeners will get out of it? Yeah, so I, I kind of got asked this uh, on a previous episode. Is the short answer to the first part is uh, why did I start it? And it's because I, I learned in the past through other projects that I did that I really enjoy interviewing people and learning from them and getting to share that with other people. Um, as for how I pick the guests, a lot of them so far have been people that I already know. So people I've already talked to or people who I know things that they do or have done. So I'm like, they have an interesting combination of like 
I, how cool would it be to have someone on my show who's a who's a, a dog trainer, a makeup artist, and a mushroom hunter? Like, how often do you hear that sort of a combination? And again, like, if I found a podcast with stuff like that, I'd be like, oh my god, this is going to be so interesting. And so that's kind of like I'm making it both for myself and also for other people like me. And hopefully, this show will help to connect me to more people like me, and we can kind of all learn from each other. I think kind of like the main things of just kind of realizing that there isn't, there definitely isn't one right way that things are supposed to go. And uh, a lot of people do end up having very winding paths and they, they try and fail at a lot of different things before they find what feels like a, a good fit or, or the right fit. And, um, you know, there's, there's people out there who are in their thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, who still haven't figured that out. And they're still kind of trying to, trying to find their way. And, um, I just really want to also combat those cultural narratives that are not true that I think discourage a lot of people because I think that's how I felt. And when I started this, it was like, okay, I'm over 30 and I haven't figured it all out yet. And I want other people to know that that's, that's okay. <laughs> so um, it's just kind of learning and, and kind of connect and just, yeah, it's just curiosity driven really. So um, as it goes on, I'm very interested to see who's going to find it and what they're going to have to say and um, what the what the guests have even said about coming on the show and, and having fun and just, uh, yeah, just thinking it's a it's an interesting mix of kind of questions and, and discussion topics. So um, that is my not quite as short answer as I wanted it to be, but that is my answer. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, I just wanted to say I think it's a great idea and I really appreciate it. I do plan to watch more of the videos. I, I, I definitely um, think it's a, it's a fantastic idea. And yeah, thanks for, I guess, filling that gap, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, I know. It's a bit of a commitment, I realized, to, to sit down and, and like watch something for an hour or so. And that's part of why I also make it available as an audio-only podcast, because I know some people it'll be a lot, because most of the information, like there's not usually stuff that you have to see. It's kind of just like, a couple of points and yeah for some people i know that just listening will be easier and they can still get you know the same most of the same uh, value out of it so so yeah at this point uh, i'm going to ask uh, are there any specific causes or charities that you'd like to promote or raise awareness of basically um what i wanted to say here is that um instead of charities i actually i actually like to approach uh, things in, in two two different sort of two different ways, alternate ways to donating to charities. Like absolutely, if you if that's your thing, like definitely uh, keep doing that. Um, but for me, I like to either when someone in need is posting, um, you know, whether it's it's like someone I personally know or like someone they know. Um, if some if someone is in like a crisis situation or in a sort of like um, more urgent situation and they're there they need some financial help moving out of an abusive home or or like getting a surgery or you know whatever it is like I definitely jump in to those kind of situations and support that and then the other thing you know anyone can do at any time is buy your friends art you know buy your friends uh products or whatever their their craft is or trade um support them in that way whatever that may be like whatever you're into maybe it's like music maybe it's uh paintings, whatever your friends are offering, you know, support them. So that's, that's like, I think a way to give back to the community. That's like very more direct. And uh, like you, you see the direct result of that, like more clearly than like giving to a charity and like, you don't know where your money's going and stuff like that. 
<laughs> yeah, well, that's uh, that's actually part of why the the question is a cause or charity or a cause because I recognize like for some people, mm. um, like causes can like you said, supporting your friends, supporting art, that's definitely a cause and. Um, I don't want to like force people to pick a charity if they'd rather, you know, just promote something. Mm. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. So to close out the show here, um, we do a plug section. And so I asked the guest uh, if the audience uh, wants to kind of keep up with what you're doing, learn more about you or things like that. Uh, are there any social media accounts that you are willing to share for them to do that? So there's my two websites. So I have sort of like a, an artist slash DJ website, which is scarletspades.com. Uh, Scarlet, like the color with one T. <laughs> so scarletspades.com. And then my um, more professional-ish website, um, scarletspades.wixsite.com. I have a, a place where all my DJ sets uh, are available for listening and streaming, uh, which is mixcloud.com slash Scarlet Dash Spades. <laughs> and then um, you can always find me on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash scarlet.spades. <laughs> I think that, I think those are all the, the correct permutations. I'm not really on any other social media, but all Facebook user. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. No, that's and and uh, as if you're new to the show, um, you'll see an overlay on the screen that will show all of those, and they're also in the episode description as well as the podcast. So I try to make sure everyone, uh, if you're not watching, you can, or if you're listening and you're not sure you heard something right, you can still get the uh, the correct links. Um, so yeah, for mine, I've, I've got a bunch of things and I, it's hard for me to kind of cover them all, but I'll just say artemiscreates.com. Everything I do, you can find there. Everything I want you to know that I do, you can find there. <laughs> um, and patreon.com slash artemiscreates. Cause that's where, um, I post like more sort of special behind the scenes stuff about what I'm doing. And I post the bonus episodes of this show, which we're about to do in a second. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, curiosity guides. I'm writing a book. I have music. The the music for this show is on Spotify and iTunes and Bandcamp and everything. And yeah, so that's I guess kind of the main stuff. Again, go to my website. Everything is there. And oh yeah, merch. I have merch. Uh, I was trying to promote that more now because I actually just uh, released a couple of new designs. So that's uh, also on my website or Redbubble.com/people/artemiscreates. And yeah, so with that said, we're going to do the, the hat sign off, which has become like, I love learning, but I also love getting to put on silly hats with, with my guests. So it's kind of my like, I guess, second favorite part of the show. <laughs> um, so right. we both have a hat prepared. We don't know what hat the other person has. So it's going to be a surprise for both of us. Um, yep. I'm going to have to take off my headphones, to put mine on. So do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? I, I'll go, sure, I'll go. I'll, I'll try to put it on without taking <laughs> off my headphones, which I haven't tried yet. So, here we go. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> this is, so, oh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, my headphones are a little shifted around, but this is my uh, Ushanka, which is, uh, you know, the, the standard uh, Russian hat. Um <laughs> Keeps me warm in the winter. I legit wear this in Canadian winters, not not so much in Czech winters, but yeah. 
So it's actually funny because I, as I said, I didn't know what you were going to put on and I actually had picked out two hats and I was like, I try to color match on this show. Some, some viewers might've uh, figured that out already, but um, because Natty is wearing black, I'm wearing black, but I wanted to try to color match my hat to Natty's hair, which is blue. So I had picked out something blue, but I actually do also have something else. And I'm like, I have to pick between them now. Um, okay. Hold on a second. So um, because I normally can't actually match the hat type, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna do that. So hold on, I can't hear you at the moment, but just a second. <laughs> oh wait, can I hear through this? I don't know. Can you? Yes, I can. Oh wow! Awesome. Wow. Awkward. So we have matching hats. Uh, we did not plan any of this actually. No, because um, I have another hat that I was like excited to put on because I knew that it would probably like make you laugh. But I'm like, you know what? Oh. We're matching. So I'm just gonna here. I'll just like put the headphones back so you can see it better, and I will be like. <laughs> screenshot <laughs> that's what i was doing i was like oh we could both get a because um, yeah. i yeah um okay so <laughs> still just kind of laughing that that actually happened <laughs> i think that is i think that's the first time i've actually had the same type of hat as the guest i could be wrong wow Maybe the second. Um, nice. With that said, though, um, this has been another episode of Hat Collecting with uh, with my lovely guest, uh, Natty Z. And uh, with that, uh, thank you for watching. Uh, check us out on, or head over to Patreon if you want to see the bonus episodes. Um, again, you can subscribe on iTunes and Patreon, or not Patreon, um, Spotify, other favorite podcasting platforms, and yeah if you want to go to itunes and leave a review that would be awesome uh, of course not necessary but appreciated and thanks for listening and uh yes we're we're gonna wave and uh hopefully you're, you're keeping warm like we obviously are until next time uh stay curious <laughs> bye